This is it. We are here. Welcome. Oh my god. And gentlemen. Theme is... song only needs four more verses. And <laughs> Graham, was that was that you singing, Graham? That is me singing. I was in a uh, a Disney teen uh, show. We did mm -hmm. we traveled a Disney for, teen band? A Disney yeah. teen, teen band. band. Yeah. Oh, wow. we well opened... if it's a Disney contract, you're still in it. Was I it called still... was it called ninety eight degrees? No, it was called <laughs> the it was called the five hundred yards. They were never allowed to perform with five hundred yards. Within an, yes. No, within their audience. They literally, <laughs> all of them had restraining orders from their audience. They said, why is the stage so far away? Every yeah. single one of these are child predators. By law. By law. <laughs> Comedy family! <laughs> well, maybe we should just write into introducing our guests. If they haven't figured it out, yeah, ladies sorry. and gentlemen, there's only one comedy duo on the planet that I know of that comes in this hot that comes in yeah. this hot that yeah. looks and sounds alike ladies and gentlemen the like, Sklar Brothers uh, thank you it's like two joke grenades yeah. as soon as yeah. it starts <laughs> two joke grenades if that's not the name of your guys next album I don't know what the fuck you're doing by the way I was grenades. watching an old James Bond movie the other night it was like Roger Moore I forget what I am so bummed that I forgot what the, the spy who loved me sure. that was it mm -hmm. and it was as if when they were fighting in the mountain or wherever they were fighting in and the by the subs, the sub, <laughs> like the submarines and stuff, it was like everybody had just learned how to use grenades. <laughs> it was like, like everyone was <laughs> throwing grenades. Like they stopped using guns for a period of time. It was like just a guy running, <laughs> throwing a grenade. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, why aren't they using guns? And it's just like, you literally had. It's like when they introduced the Telestrator to like Monday Night Football. They oh, were just doing it all, all the, the time. time. So now it's just like, I got a grenade. I got to throw, well, throw it. Yeah, well, they just came in. Yeah. Yeah, to the just, battle. Yeah. And, so, and then everyone has to do that weird grenade. Arm. Right. It's, it's not. You're not allowed to bend your elbow. Yeah. You're not, not allowed to throw it like a thing. You have to just toss it like it's a like hook shot. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a sky hook. Sky that's, that's the grenade arc. Wouldn't you? Because if you bend your arm and use your wrist, it could blow up in your hand. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you bend your arm and use your wrist, it could be thrown way more accurately. Yeah, yeah. Like and on you, a line drive. No, and you, you want to lob it. You want to not know where it I might mean, land. Go back and watch that movie in that final scene, and I want you to count how many people throw grenades. I wonder if we get an email going, you know, the proper way to throw a grenade. Oh, I hope. I hope, I hope there's a Wait, grenade. Wait, on this nerd. podcast? Yeah, yeah. Someone's going to send you an email. Yeah. It's called Comedy Film Nerds. Yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> The Ladies, best grenade throw, then they're going to list a foot. Uh, actually, movies. here's a link to a YouTube where they show you how to grenade throw properly. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the sweet, sultry sounds of Randy and Jason Sklar, a.k.a. the Sklar Brothers. Thank you for having us. Um, one of you has to leave. We'll yep. let you decide. You guys figure out <laughs> yeah. which one. One We're of us gets voted off yeah, the island. Exactly. We've been so voted out of this comedy team. <laughs> <laughs> what if we did that? I have always... So the first movie review is uh, an elimination challenge. Yes, <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. Why not? Um, so true. And I, to this day, want to believe, I know you guys are both married with kids, but I still want to believe you guys have bunk beds. <laughs> I still, I still want. Never had in our lives. Our parents were smart enough to put us in separate rooms, but I will say this. Really? I, yeah. I, had a, I had a share room with my brother. Because you were, were poor. <laughs> No, right, we, we grew up in St. Louis where everyone was poor, but we all got our own rooms. Yeah, we had our own room, and that was that was fine. We never had bunk beds, ever, ever, ever. But I did tell my wife that I was, she's like, what are you doing today? What's your day today? And I was like, I'm going to do uh, 
Graham's podcast, and she, she without missing a beat and totally earnestly, was like, is Graham out here now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that riff. All this riff. Are you out here now? now? Was it like at a party with me, you, and Greg Fitzsimmons? And, and then Zach? you did it on stage a bunch. Yeah, Largo. He, yeah, Zach and I did it on stage. Are is, you out here now? Is Largo I'm in Largo right now. Is Largo <laughs> out here right now? <laughs> What's happening now? That was and when a lot of people were moving from New York to L.A. Are you out here now? That was like the question we had. Are you out are here you now? Yeah. 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 Is Graham out here? Uh, yeah, I got a third. And then the guy, you would always respond with like, so I got a third look deal from uh, yeah. KTLA's uh, <laughs> back pocket. That's right. I got a two-figure deal copter. from the guy <laughs> in the parking lot at Vaughn's. Yeah. <laughs> two-figure deal. Two-finger. Two-finger deal. Yeah. The other constant riff we would do is uh, Johnny Carson talking about... Uh, 70s and the 80s basketball uh, NBA, NBA players stuff. coming but on the show. I think you because we were talking about Etsy before this. I'm so mad and Wayne Fetterman did a great bit of like Johnny Carson today dealing with like doing the headlines today but have you seen this Etsy? That is, uh, that is wild. <laughs> Apparently people are making their own crap. I, I don't know. it online. Like I need another crocheted yarmulke. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> Crocheted Yamaha because we actually sell at ComedyFilmers.com, guys. Yes, Crocheted Yamaha. With a picture of the <laughs> Ghostbusters reboot, line around it, line right through it. <laughs> you guys film. also were in uh, opening night of the very first ever Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Oh, Amazing. Yes. I'll never forget introducing Beautiful. you. The energy of the crowd, because everyone was like, holy shit, this, this, this is happening? Yeah, This is, yes. and it this was is the first time and the first one. Ever. Mm-hmm. Such a cool event, and thank you for including us in it, and we've done it through the years and love it. You guys are love fantastic. What, what a great, it's great because you kind of drew a circle around the people who are podcast fans. Like, you were the first or early adapters to be like, yeah, there are podcast lovers out there. They probably would enjoy getting together at a festival of sorts. And, and a chance to see, like, all of them yeah, over the course together. of a weekend. Because yeah. it's such a personal mm-hmm. thing to listen. Yep. Because most people, and I listen to podcasts as well, so I know when I'm walking and, like, two voices are in my ears, like, between my head. It's very different than listening to radio. And so for yep. people to be like, oh, my God, I get to see all of my favorites and they, there was a lot of cross. There's always a lot of crossover. Yeah. I get to see all my favorite podcasters do it live. It's pretty special. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the 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 yeah. And one of the coolest things, and we'll get into the movies, is is the first year. A lot of people said this to me, like in years past, in the last couple of years, people go, you know, I came to the to year one alone, mm-hmm. and now right. we're all like friends. A group, and right? Oh yeah. Now it's up. like a reunion. I yeah, can't believe we're in year six. Year yeah. six, it's phenomenal. Yeah. October six through the eighth. Six through the eighth at the uh, beautiful right. Biltmore Hotel. Biltmore downtown. Hotel. Go to LAPodfest.com, ladies Love and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Get yourself still a, tickets uh, left. Love it. Get yourself a get them now because they'll right. go. Get, get yourself a fake police badge. Let's, let's do it. So, so since Jason, you got to leave early. You saw the movie Landline. Yeah, I saw it today. All right. Okay. Oh, thank you so much for getting up. I did. No, see. I got up to see something because the only movies we see because we have little kids is a lot of little kid shit. Right. right. And so I, I wanted to see an adult <laughs> film. Uh, it's, it's not like really an take adult three, film. You take your three-year-old to see Dunkirk. Ugh. Yeah, oh, it's a weird. Little crying. kid movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so boring. Too much more, Daddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw Landline, and I really liked it. For to, If I could give a review, it would be like if Noah Baumbach was a woman and and told essentially, it's not the same story, but it is a very New Yorkish kind of Squid and the Whale throwback. Mm-hmm. Squid and the Whale was the '80s. This was the '90s in New York coming of age story, 
but about girls instead of boys. It's very female. Jillian Robespierre is the director. She was she did a great job. I mean, anything Turturro does. Is, Turturro was amazing, just, and Edie oh, Falco was great. Right. They were both and incredible. Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate is friend, a star. I, I'm like going to say star. it right now. She is a star. She was cute. She was funny. She was. She pulled the heart, and you so, know, and so, Jay Duplass. That's the other one. Oh, Jay Duplass. You, you go. Oh, you know. Can you pull and do something different from Transparent? Because I'm now. I was. I binged Such that. I watched that. I love the character work on that. I mean, I'm not just kissing the ass of this film, but I was totally in it. I I really loved it, and I felt like you know Jay Duplass was great in it and played a very different role. The than question is, will it go wide? Kind of like right. the Big mm-hmm. Sick did. The Big Sick was only out in five theaters, and then you know, it well, did when really Amazon work. spends twelve million dollars, they've got plans for the film. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, I think it's already yeah. made ten million dollars mm-hmm. or something so, like that. So what? Yeah, the Big Sick? No, landline. Landline. It basically, it's a coming age story of uh, like a family in New York, or like what? What is it? Two go- it's a coming of age story. Uh, two girls, one who's just out of college, and one who's on who's still in high school on her way to college, and then mm-hmm. a, a mother and father, and they learn that their father had an affair or was having an affair mm-hmm. throughout life, mm-hmm. and so it's how they grapple with that. Who knows that, and then how that sort of affects their lives as they. You know, the older sister, Jenny Slate, is engaged to be married to Jay Duplass, and they're in their relationship. And so how does this sort of news, and how do they... What are the ripple effects through the rest yeah. of the family? Right. Why are you saying that? I don't know. I was I'm there. Trying uh, to make sense of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get you to a fucking conclusion. Uh, no, but I it is... I thought you guys that. shared a brain. I thought no, this no. was sort of a board. He line. loaned it to me for, uh, for <laughs> the two hours that <laughs> I turned it off. But it was great. I mean, and, and I thought... Uh, what I loved about it is it, it did harken back to old... 90s New York where films. we lived and right. Right? right it reminded me in scope of like a walking and talking maybe just a mm-hmm. little bit bigger than that mm-hmm. but it had the indie feel it had the New York feel uh i i found myself loving you know cuz we were actually the same age as Jenny Slate in the movie right. in 1995 so in that time we were that age so there was i very much related to i guess except she was engaged but i related to their the characters. It's like when you time. just moved to LA and you watch Swingers. Swingers. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or, or when we were yeah, 94. Or you look back on that, because I remember right after that movie came out, I remember going to the, All the Derby. Places yeah. Derby or the. Marty and Elaine. Right. Yeah. And I remember going and seeing them there and being like, oh my God, this is like yep. we're in this. They have the schedule of the new Beverly on the uh, fridge. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. that's it. <laughs> yes, and he's wearing an in and out shirt for right. like half of the movie. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yes. playing or playing golf, but the Los Feliz three. You know what I right. mean with Ron Livingston. It, it just all, all those places we hit him, and and when we came here, it was a very different place. I'll go back and watch for that very nostalgia. I'll go back and watch like the Tenacious D six right. episode run. All oh, right, on from HBO. Just, they have it on HBO Go just to be like, oh, yeah, this is what the 90s were like in L.A. in the comedy scene because you saw so many faces and people that mm-hmm. you knew and people people you were friends with. And then at the same time, like, there'd be a shot of, like, Fairfax and a weird store and, like, kind yeah. of – they were like, oh, this is what it was like back then. Right. So well, there that store's that not there anymore. No, no that store's gone. gone. That store's store has been replaced Whichever by a sneaker store. About, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but so so Landline did a lot that free – because you guys lived in New York and in, in – We lived in New York in the mid-'90s. We were there. We had just graduated in 94 from Michigan, and then we went to New York to do stand-up. And so it was very cool. And I, and I will say this. There was this moment where Totoro – like walks into, I'm not giving anything away to a jail cell, and I was like, 
is this the night of? There was a minute where I was like, wait a second. Why is he sticking? Why are they a, pinning that murder on that a chopstick? He's sticking uh, a chopstick into his foot. He's got eczema on his foot. Scraping off I, the but dead no, but he's skin. so good. He's so good. I mean, he is just such a great actor. I could watch him all day long. I could watch him like fuck with his mouth for thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, dude, he just sw- like just I, over I just home. went back and watched Rounders. Yeah, yeah. Just because I was like, I Totoro. just want to see yeah. him go. Um, yeah. You know, you 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 little prick. My kids eat. I got alimony. Yeah. I pay for braces. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yes, yeah, yeah. I you mean, buy everything, and and he so he also has like a little bit of a lateral lisp, and it's just I don't know. It's just fucking great. Yeah, yeah. it was great to, to see. And he sells it. He sells whatever they're selling. It also seems like a real actor's actor. Like when he's not doing movies and stuff he's like oh, I'm in New York doing this play and yeah I'm, I'm digging into the hardest material ever because that's right. what I do it was the like other Barton part Fink is a great yeah example. Barton oh, Fink totally yes mm-hmm. unbelievable totally. I mean the other thing and then uh unreal in uh the Big Lebowski like totally playing opposite right. anything and he does cr- like cr- and pulling it off okay Owning so it. <laughs> that character and the choices that he made in the Big Lebowski are Huge. like so over the top choices, but then you're like, oh man, I, I this he is. I believe him as this thing. This I've seen child that guy molester. in a bowling alley. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I know bowling guys are nuts. That they, it, no one would be. It's not that he pulled a gun out. It's that he pulled a gun out during league play. <laughs> like that's, that's, the that's the problem. That was the <laughs> issue. Are you gonna fuck this up? God, the you other... try to pull that shit with me. Like yeah, it's oh, so good. So good. And I, the other part about it that, that really spoke to me that was very intense was as a parent of a kid, of a daughter, I have a daughter who's three and a son who's eight, much younger kids, but like seeing like teenage parents in a New York house in the 1990s fight with the kids, and the, the kids saying, fuck off and get the fuck out of my room. And they just leave the room because there's really nothing you can do in that moment. But then they come back together to love each other and- there was just a lot in that that I was, as a parent, was like, oh, my I'm God, I'm on the cusp you're of that. See, you're seeing a preview. Yeah. A little bit and, and, yeah. and going like, oh, you can't, let, you can't let that first fuck you like go straight to your heart and sink you. You cannot do that. You got to just walk away and know that your kids love you. They're just saying stuff they can't control How old themselves. are your kids, Randy? Mine are 12 and almost 10. So, like, I'm on the cusp of- Two girls. Right. Two girls. I've got like 12 and eight, so I know, okay, I know so what you're talking about. We're, like, right there. It's like, oh, I can start to see the attitude start to creep in, and I wonder mm-hmm. what teenage years are right around the corner. My do- My youngest daughter- who I think will be involved in like boys in relationships before the older one. That's just their disposition. Like there was a little boy that she kind of likes and, uh, you know, I mean, whatever that means in going into fifth grade. I, I kind of remember we had friends that were into boys and girls and whatnot. And they just both, uh, we happened to be at the dentist yesterday at the same time. Todd. Watching her, <laughs> watching her behavior change around this guy. I've ne- I'd never seen it before. Never. Uh, she was like really goofy. She was. She was trying to be really funny. She was like really. I, I just was. It was bizarre, and I was like, oh god. Mm-hmm. So things are shift continentally shifting. Like, really. And then you see it, and the, and they do a great job in this film of playing it real. And I'm saying that's believable. That interaction. And also, it's like the movie is funny. Did you laugh? I did laugh. I laughed some. I didn't laugh out loud like I was going to lose my shit. Yeah, but did you laugh in? I mean, to me, I thought you talk about the squid and the whale. 
Jeff Daniels' character may be one of the mm-hmm. best, most well-drawn, most well-acted characters I've ever seen. It, it was He was so consistent with who he was. Even in the hospital at the end when he's like, he's making choices as that character in a way that you're like, this is just brilliant, brilliant acting, brilliant writing. Well, they take just, a guy who's a high-status guy his whole life, and then they give his wife the higher status in the field that he was in. And immediately he's- In Squid and the Whale. Yeah, in Squid and the Whale, and you're struggling to see if he can, how he mm-hmm. copes with it. Right. This is a little less, this this is a little less, I don't know why I felt like it was a little less dark, but there was a lot of darkness in it. And Edie Falco plays the mom. Edie Falco plays the mom, and she's great. And they play, you know, people That's who strange. are married, and they just- Where has she been great before? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where has she pulled it off? They mm-hmm. play, they play, you know, people who are married, and the kids are grown up, and like, the question where the love is in the relationship, they did it very real. I, and and it was I, it was one of those movies where I could have watched it for another 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was one of the movies where I felt like I'm in. This was an entertaining, like, time in the theater. I went alone. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just... So you didn't watch it on demand. You went into the I theater. I went into the theater right. and watched oh, it. Oh, is it available on demand right now? So, uh, I don't know. Sometimes they do a simultaneous Double release. release. No, but... I, yeah. I, I watched it in the theater, which I loved i mm. loved doing that and it just it felt great yeah. and you know and you went, I, you went at parent time that's you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah get off of camp and, yep. and then it's yep. me time friday at you know 10 11 a.m is usually yeah. my movie time it's right kind of, it's, it's a great it's a great time to see a movie it's empty yep. and you and you actually get a chance to enjoy it and mm. i i i'm gonna recommend this movie to people because i feel like you know in the same way that the that going to see the big sick and supporting mm-hmm. kamel and some other people right. that we know mm-hmm. Again, I felt like in that movie, in The Big Sick, they did a really good job of making the stand-up real, feel right. real. It's a very hard thing to do, as right, we know, in film. anything, on film, on TV. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do. Many people have failed. Yeah. And so- <laughs> Here's how they normally fail. <clears throat> yeah. They don't just shoot a stand-up night. Like, yeah. the, the way yeah, they, no. they, 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 it's like sports. They yeah. do a scripted scene. They do a scripted mm-hmm. scene and they try to recreate stand up. Yeah. And what you should do with sports and stand up. Let it play for real. Shoot it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing a stand up night, shoot the whole two hour show. And pull the best two minutes and out pull, of there. Exactly. Right. It's so funny. And Camille said that. They had, like, you know, it was you half empty on our podcast. We had just had him on ours. And, and he said, look, we, you know, it wasn't a full room. We, should, we all were doing our stand-up, and I remember mm-hmm. recognized some of those bits and stuff that he was doing, and he's like, yeah, sometimes we didn't get all the laughs, and we shot that, which it's not always going to be yeah, good. Yeah, you never, like, right. people don't crush Like, there's a moment line. in, I just recently watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High with uh, friend of our, friends of ours, the father, you know, of... of Daughter of a daughter who is best. Did you forget how to talk, yeah. Randy? Uh, <laughs> the guys from England and never saw it, and and culturally didn't understand it, but really wanted to see it just mm-hmm. to know kind of mm. what uh, fast times. Was. Yeah, and so we watched it, and there is a scene very specifically the Washington football playing scene. There's a moment where the and I don't know if Heckerling did this on purpose, but. They come in and the game is happening and they just kind of pan across the cheerleaders and it's very real. It feels like mm-hmm. that came from a high school football game, very much speaking to what you just said. And I was like, oh, yeah, this feels so real. While some of the football shots were not and that was a little bit staged. Or like in, in Days and Confused when Linklater included after the baseball game the high five line. Good game, right. good game, right. good game. So you know it was like he, you know what's about to come around the corner. They're, what's happening is that they're going to get – their asses paddled. Like doom is like hanging over their heads. <laughs> and but they still, still have both... to do this thing that we all did when we played sports. Good game, good, good game, game right. good, good game, game, good game. Good game. <laughs> and Linklater said he fought the studio to in order to be able to shoot that. 
They were like, let's cut it. It's done. We don't need it. And he's like, no, no, no. We That's have part to of it. their slicing the life. You got to put that in. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's great. And uh, and those are the moments when you're like, you get it. Someone else was telling us those about- Those are the moments Linkletter does best, too. Yeah. Those are the ones that you would you would totally. not cut out. Yeah. <laughs> and those are like his signature things. Where Someone was telling us about the fan. Was it the fan? Oh, yeah. Someone said in the fan, which was directed, I believe, by a British director. Also a baseball movie? Baseball, baseball movie, movie where Robert De Niro was a crazy fan of Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. It's like oh, raining. Right. It's right. pouring down rain. and Which, by the way, if it's pouring down rain and the field condition, they would like- Baseball's over. They would call it immediately. So that's one. Number two, players were coming out of the dugout and just going straight up to the batter's box to hit. No one was going to an on-deck circle, which is what they all do at every level as you go up. Seems tiny. Yeah. (laughs) It's, oh, God. I I could go on this forever. Like, any given Sunday made me, I was screaming at the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it took place on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they did that. And that was their biggest mistake. I'm like, you guys, what are you calling? Or if you do it, just take the calendar down from the back. Yeah. So let's, uh, speaking of uh, realism in films, let's get into uh, Dunkirk. Now, here's the thing. I know you saw it, Um, uh, but I want, oh, go ahead. Jason Sklar, ladies and gentlemen. Godspeed. 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 Um, Thank you, Jason. So I've never seen you guys not together. This is weird for me. No, it's yes. all good. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> just, just get rid of that weight. Ooh, you feel so great. better. I great. I lo- you lost like an appendage. I'm loosey-goosey. You're going to yeah. see me in ways that I've, you've never seen me before. I know. Aaron's got to adjust the camera. This is crazy. I know. Um, Thanks, Aaron. Um, but now, because I really want to hear what you think of this movie to see if your um, opinion lines up with CJ's, because CJ has a written review of the site. Um, on the site right now. It was, let me say this. Let me address some of the criticism I've heard about this movie Okay, first. and it might be from CJ, but go ahead. I haven't read <laughs> CJ's review. Okay. Uh, I heard this because I was down at Comic-Con and heard some people talk about this at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And Were they cosplaying in Dunkirk uniforms? <laughs> no, no, they were, it was, it was like, uh, I was on Douglas movies with Andy Signor from Screen right, Junkies, right. and so mm-hmm. he obviously was talking a lot about mm-hmm. what some people have said. is like, oh, you know, there's not a lot of talking, and it's, you know, there's not a lot of character development, and, you know, it's decent. Well, and there I, isn't in war. No, and that's <laughs> the thing. Talking. So, exactly. It's movies real straightforward, man. If they're surrounded by the Germans. Right, right. You're going to die. From the British perspective. From the British perspective. You it, need to it's get a the, rescue mission. The movie is a rescue you gotta mission. you got to get the right? fuck off the island. That's right. Or the, not the island, or but, the, just but, but out of the area. Out of the area. you got to get back to England. To the island. I mean, to the, the island. <laughs> so they, and correct me if I'm wrong, they get Wonder Woman to just run she across and in. she <laughs> takes the bullets <laughs> on and her invisible jet. Right on her thing and just <laughs> zips away and like <laughs> destroys everybody and then Chris they move Pine forward. Chris Pine is okay, fantastic. Good. He's an American. So an American saves them. Great. No, but this movie is. I thought it was fantastic, and knowing those criticisms, I was like, "Wow, these whoever said that missed the whole point of this." Because it, Nolan did a fantastic job of boiling this down to just raw survival. Were you were you riveted the whole time? Yes. The thing I will say, the opening. We talked about this having watched the trailer. You know, we were talking about. Because the, the opening battle scene in, in Saving Private Ryan was very groundbreaking when that came yeah. out almost 20 years ago. Right. Now, is this the Christopher Nolan movie we need or deserve? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Depends from both. my perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the opening, the, 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 some of the battle footage is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of aerial fighting because you're seeing them. The dog uh, fights. The dog fights in the air with Tom Hardy. 
and then you're seeing stuff in the sea, and then there's one-on-one trying to, a lot of it's at sea. A lot of them are trying to mm-hmm. get on and off boats, and mm-hmm. and the British Navy can't come rescue them because it's too shallow, and they don't want to lose boats for the next battle, so they then send, this is the, what actually happened, is then they put out the call, and just civilians got on their boats from England, came over the English Channel, and rescued a bunch of people. So it was civilian boats. Yeah, it's, yeah, but, it's civilian wow. boats. But there's also, there's, I mean, it's, it's the, here's what I'll say. It's like the opening battle of the D-Day battle of Saving Private Ryan, but for two hours. It's that intense. Wow. I left wow. Was like- Was it that graphic too? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, and it was- How about the comedy in there? Was it was there? hilarious. <laughs> Good to know. Good to Tom know. Tom Hardy was like, take control, Don <laughs> Kirk. Um, it was, it was- it was gripping, and it, it was really disturbing. Like when you talk about that opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan, it, it was it was really disturbing. I mean, it, it sh- tried to show war as they're like as this realism. is exactly yeah. you know we're not glamorizing this, and it, this is how gratuitous it actually is. Yeah, we're gonna make you feel like you're on that beach. Well, Graham, you have been to Afghanistan, you've been to Iraq, you uh, have been to. Uh, Detroit. I mean, you've been to all the war-torn areas of our world. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. But uh, you have been among soldiers, and I think there is this idea of just get me off the island and just survival that I think a lot of people don't fully understand. And that's what I loved about this movie, too, is so often— and obviously the sort of John Wayne-ish World War II movies, but up to today, you know— Soldiers are depicted often as, you know, super heroic and stuff. And not that they're not. This isn't a slam on them. But to, uh, more often than not, they take out the just raw human fear that happens. In this yeah. movie, you had some young guys that were like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And Well, he deliberately uh, cast unknowns for the soldiers wow. for that very reason. He's That's... like, you know, it's because they're young and unknown. I want them to be young and unknown actors. He wow. did such a great job of just showing the sort of faceless young masses that had to, especially World War II. So you right. had millions of people mm-hmm. on all sides fighting. And most of them were just 19, 20, 21-year-old kids who were like, guess what? There's a big war. You're in. Mm. And whether you, you want to or not. Whether you want to or not. And, you know, you this is this is pre like Vietnam and stuff like that where like protesting people have just so you know, people have protested every single war that's ever happened and said there's always been pe- people protested World War Two and said, Why are we killing wars awful? Mm-hmm. So but this like wholesale cultural I don't want to go to war didn't really exist. And this pe- this film takes place in a period before the US got into World War II, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's um it, it's and so the movie's told from three points of view. It's on the beach with the infantry evacuated right. by the navy and then in the air. And right. and and here's the other thing too. Tom, you know, he casts all these no-names, so there's just these masses of kids. Right. The opening battle scene is this kid just in this harrowing and he and and I saw it in IMAX at the Chinese theaters. Nice. Oh wow! So to because I just pronounce the Oriental theater. It's, <laughs> it's the Asian American theater. Um, and so was it three D? No, no, no. I don't think that this movie isn't out in three D. But I would recommend seeing it mm-hmm. on the big screen. And I, right, if you can see it in IMAX, I would, mm-hmm. because Christopher Nolan's film work and his shot composition is amazing. And the battle. He makes it loud. Are you amazed that, okay, this is a story told from the British perspective before 
the U.S. got into this war. Obviously, it's a war that we got into. Are you surprised, either of you, both of you guys, how well that movie is doing? Or do you think it's not doing well, but just that there'd be interest on the U.S. side? I mean, we're now in a heavy period of isolationism where it's like, we don't give a shit about what's going on with you, mm-hmm. but that this is... Well, I think Christopher Nolan's name is something that has also helped driving the film mm-hmm. because he, you know, his films have been very well received and he's got fans as a director where I think and I myself included I'll see whatever he makes yeah you're like, like what is this is the yeah. this is a Christopher Nolan film right, this right. is his interpretation of these events I want to see it regardless I want to see his perspective yep. the teaser mm-hmm. trailer that came out last fall mm-hmm. the 60 second teaser trailer Christopher Nolan Dunkirk the teaser trailer I was like I'm in I don't need to yeah. see I don't need to see anything more yeah and I think a lot of people are that it's, way you know he had a hundred million dollar budget uh, it's done over 50 he million. He made 100 s- worldwide just in the first weekend. And when yeah. you see those trailers too, his name comes up first. Yeah. You know, so, so Well, you know. it's so funny because in the in the promotion of it, in the lead up, I've seen a lot of face interviews of him and you know what I mean like he's as as important of a piece in this thing as anybody else. He's the reason to right. see it because not to take anything away from Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy he's is got in, like ten lines in the movie. Something he's like in a that. face. He's, you know, they have those air masks. Yeah, he's a. You barely see his face through the he whole. He basically took the mask from uh, Mad Max. Yeah, from Mad Max. From Mad Max, <laughs> just no teeth on the outside yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like go. he only performs in masks from now on. And he'll only <laughs> do like if you added up all the lines in both of those movies that he has, <laughs> it's like enough for like one scene, like one scene uh, in Juno. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's the thing, and and that's um, that's what sh- w- was so, and that it is it is Nolan. You are going to see Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. and some really gifted young actors, right? Um, who should be getting more work from this point? Now, forward. how do you feel about that criticism specifically? Like, because CJ had that criticism in his review as well, where. The um, the actual soldiers felt interchangeable. They weren't developed enough as characters. Like now, how did you feel about that when you were watching? I, I, the with movie? all due respect to C.J. Johnson, whom I love, and I, I think he just missed it. Okay. I, I and I, mm-hmm. it's not. It, this isn't me. Like I'm right, you're wrong. I really think. Let me ask you this: not to bring another war movie in, but the most recent Star Wars movie, where. It was basically they said, "Oh, let's take the one line from the original Star Wars uh, of a lot of people died in order for you to get this message, and made a whole movie about that." So, all these characters coming up that aren't some of them not really developed at all, and you're like, "Why should I care?" So that because I had that feeling really in that one, mm-hmm. I did not connect with that movie. I understand it, I understand where it fits in it. I'm, mm-hmm. I get that, but I was like, "Man, why should I give a shit about these people?" I mm-hmm. I see that with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I think this is separate, and and here's why is because no lightsabers. Yeah, there's no <laughs> lightsabers, but like this really happened. Mm-hmm. So I have yet, me personally, I haven't seen. I've known about this historically, Dunkirk, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the telling of this story. Right, and also, for me, Christopher Nolan said, "I want to show you what war is," and like if we had flashbacks to him growing up or we learned his character or his mom or, oh, he's got to get back to his young girlfriend. That's all, it's all understood. Like I would, that would have, I would have been like, oh man, why are we wasting time with this? Because it's real boiled down. You got to get home. And back home, everyone's got their own specific what you need, but what's back home, kids, Mm -hmm. wife, mom, whatever. 
But just get back home. This is this is terrifying. This is real war. This is what happened. This was the whole world was at war. Did you hate the Germans? <laughs> like what were your like did you did you develop a sense of anger towards the other side? Did it, no, I did mean, it, Hitler got him out of the Depression. I think he did some good work. So yeah. I feel... Uh, did anybody, I'm saying, like, were you... I mean, did they build up, build them more or less again, than what they were? Again, this, is, to me, is a testament to Nolan. Now, maybe you might just say, I need more out of my movies, so what didn't do enough for me. But to mm-hmm. me, the testament of Nolan was the Germans were just over there. Yeah. Right. The bullets would come. Planes would come from the sky. We didn't meet the Germans. We didn't see their Were faces. Were there any wow. scenes of somebody going, papers, please? No, there was no. none of that. There was no, you never <laughs> saw any of the Germans. It's also in, like, um, Letters from Iwo Jima, um, and how, you know, Clint Eastwood just showed the Japanese military and the Americans we barely saw or knew anything about them. It was really from, if you're a soldier on that beach at Dunkirk, you're not meeting any Germans. The, right. You know they're coming. The planes would come from above and you'd hear that, mm, and you'd just be fucking, that sound was terrifying. Yeah. So he really, Nolan just put you, you were in the place with them of, of, the, of right. the British soldiers. The way Spielberg did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't, there was, so this will draw a ton of Saving Private Ryan comparisons, comparisons or right. like this is the that for this generation. You're going to hear that a lot. I think so. And and not a bad thing. I it's mean, not that a bad movie thing. was I mean, I, a, a movie that I feel like there aren't a lot of people walking mm-hmm. around going, didn't like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think what nothing it, what I expected. What, yeah. <laughs> but what it might do, though, is people might go, yeah, but in, you know, in, 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 Saving Private Ryan, we got to meet everybody, we got to know about him, Tom Hanks was the teacher, and all those scenes are great. Well, it's a different type of movie. It's a different too. type of movie. And this was like... So it's, to me, it seems like Saving Private Ryan more about war in gen- depicting it through this thing, and this is more about this battle and this moment, and we're right. going to depict this moment. We are... Saving Private Ryan was like, this is what the people who have to go to war have to then go through on yeah. the battlefield. This is the story of these specific right. soldiers. And, this and these and these, these, these specific mm-hmm. soldiers are caricatures of the American GIs that fought in this war. Right. So you got to kind of see how that war, you know, was a different era. Like that scene when Tom Hanks, is, uh, everybody asked, well, what did you do before the war? I was a teacher. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. they have those discussions. And every man I you... kill makes me feel like I'm further from home. Right. right. You know? And so there's lines like that. This is just the raw fear, survival. Here. I mean, on the movie, it felt poster, like scorched earth the entire time it's you were there. Fucking okay. yeah. The, All right. Sir, on the movie poster, it says survival is victory. And you see guys do selfish, scared things. You see them crack a little bit, mm. and that's like because that happened. That's yeah. what that's what went down. Everybody wasn't like, we gotta go fight the Jerry's. Guys were like, this is fuck. I want to get the fuck out of here. It's like guys throwing up before the on the, uh, before the beach and uh, and and having read a lot of history um, about World War II, when I read like serious historians, they talk about. I mean. <laughs> There were guys like trying to get out of it. There were guys oh, yeah. trying who were like and faking if, getting injured to get the fuck out of there. Everyone wasn't just fucking John Wayne charging up the hill. I no, mean, no. And even if you were, you came back a different person. Yeah, you came back right. changed. Our our great uncle was a fighter pilot mm-hmm. in World War II, and he he 
cracked up. I mean, and when he came back, he like literally had a, had a mental breakdown. Well, they didn't. They didn't call. They didn't know what it was. They didn't call it PTSD. No. One, one guy is reacting a certain way in the movie, and Mark Rylance, who also was, he's the only other name actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's one of the civilians, so it's, it's it's sort of. Yeah, it's Kenneth Branagh, Tom Hardy, and Mark Rylance. That's it. That's right? it. And, and Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh was playing Woody Allen. Yeah, and that's was, unbelievable. And he was like, um, uh, there's Germans over there. I feel uncomfortable. Really, it's like the Nuremberg trials. <laughs> it's like, what do I? Germans over there. <laughs> but it was well cast. Kenneth Branagh plays a, an English military officer, so you should have a well-known English A-list actor totally. playing that, and then a bunch of faceless kids. Totally. Really? So Keanu Reeves could have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu um, Reeves. So yeah, it was, it was really, it's a really fantastic film, and I highly so recommend it. And, and CJ, I think you just missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Hey, I like it when people disagree. To me, that's yeah. awesome. That's that's why people go to the site. A lot of times, we have different uh, opinions and reviews on on the website, which is great. It's, I think it's a Nolan masterpiece, quite honestly. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Good enough. So the movie I saw too, I saw Teen Titans: The Judas Contract. Now this is an on-demand movie. This is part of the uh, DC mm-hmm. animated universe. The ones that they put out. Um, this is based animated. on a real battle as well. It's also based on a real battle. Yes, <laughs> the Judas. Contract. It is. Uh, <laughs> It, it, and the Jews contract was all taken care of on LegalZoom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was all taken. Yeah. Just, or just a sponsor. An animated Today's version, episode. yes. LegalZoom. <laughs> so basically this is a Teen Titans story, um, which is interesting. It, it was an odd choice because they showed in one movie what they showed in the Teen Titans show that happened throughout an entire season where one Titan is actually a sleeper agent, goes rogue, and mm. turns against the, the Titans. Um, right. So... These movies are definitely hit and miss, these uh, DC animated movies. Some of them are fantastic. One, uh, this one, however, is a miss. It's, it's a PG-13, so, but it's Teen Titans, so it skews younger. Mm. So you see the heroes that are younger, but also you have those, okay, well, now we need a beheading to make sure we get that PG-13 rating. Right. And then you have, like, all the... You know, the quirky, the jokes and like, you know, Beast Boy being funny and it it falls flat because, well, no, you're trying to make it funny, but now you're also trying to make it PG-13 and make sure it's for a more adult audience. Would they have been better off just leaving it at PG and not not going for the more, it doesn't, it didn't, it wouldn't change the movie in any way. No, it it didn't serve because, and also they've already shown the story in a better way when they show the Teen Titans TV show. So, and Teen Titans have gone through many itinerations. They had the regular TV show. They have the one right now called Teen Titans Go, which is just a comedy show. My kids watch show. it. Yeah, yep. and, and it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so this was like, you know, an adult version of one of those stories, but it just didn't work. And then there was this weird forced uh, part where Beast Boy gets um, gets to be a guest on Kevin Smith's podcast. What? So you have an animated Kevin Smith interviewing Beast Boy. <laughs> So another that thing I think like, is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sorry, I think that's kind of fun. How do they draw his hockey jersey? It felt, it, then I'm like, well, now it feels like a Scooby Doo episode mm-hmm. where they just, you know, they <laughs> would they, they solve would, a murder. Yeah, yeah, where they would just They're draw both. in celebrities. Would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you yeah. meddling kids. So, meddling it really, it, it just it it really was all over the map. It was not the best DC animated film. But you have far. to, on some level, as podcast 
as people who do a podcast, and we yeah. are too, have to love that the idea of somebody doing a podcast making its way into a movie right. is, yeah. is yes. kind of cool. That means it's like rising Not up just a the... movie, an animated movie. An animated which means movie. Kevin Smith was drawn with his jersey on, you know, interviewing uh, Kevin Beast Smith, did, did he do the movie? He did the, vo- he he, did the voice, yeah. But he didn't do the movie. That's not No, uh uh-uh. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. I bet he knew the people who did the movie and they called him. Yeah, he's a huge comic book fan. Of course. Yeah, I'm I'm sure sure it was one phone call. Yeah, of course I'll do it. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Comedy Boomers is available to be animated. For any animated (laughs) movies. So, but it was, uh, but it was definitely a weird addition to the actual um, movie, even though it was fun to see a podcast actually uh, get in a film. Um, because one of the things too with these movies is they're shorter. They're generally not, you know, they only have like 70, 80 minutes because yeah. animation is expensive. Right. And they're like, well, maybe tell a longer story than trying to fit Kevin Smith's podcast into it. <laughs> Unless they were like, uh, we can animate this really easily. Right? <laughs> well, they also know we're going to get a lot of great press coming off it. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Well, you, you think he's not going to promote or it. Or his course. support. Yeah, his yeah, support yeah. will be good. So, so it's it the was same director that did Batman the Killing Joke and a bunch of other animated. They use a lot of the same people on these. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just, and you know, one of the trivia that I was reading about it too is that this was one of the, when they first started doing the DC animated movies, this was one of the first ones they wanted to do when they shelved it, thinking, uh, uh, it's, eh, maybe we won't do this one. So this is one they kind of had on the shelf for a while that they pulled out back. and decided to do. So um, it's it, it's it's okay. I mean, if you're a Teen Titans fan, there was another Teen Titans movie that came out, Teen Titans versus Justice League, which was really good. So that one, I would say, uh, I recommend watching that one over this one. All right. So Randy, what have what have you? What kind of business have you? I know you had kids, and what kind of movies have you seen recently? It's hard. I went out and saw The Big Sick, which we talked about, which Mm -hmm. I saw, you know, in anticipation of Kumail coming on our podcast. I saw it, and I loved it. I mean, I loved it for Mm -hmm. all the reasons we talked about before. I particularly loved Ray Romano's performance. That's what I keep hearing. Every single thing coming out of his mouth made me laugh. Like just. Mm He'd just be drinking a glass of water and be like, water tastes different here than in Chicago. I mean, in Chicago than in New York. <laughs> I started laughing. Like, no no matter what he said, I just thought it was a great performance. I've always loved him as a stand-up. Loved him and loved him in Everybody Loves Raymond mm-hmm. as a four-camera, you know, sitcom, you know, that sort of a star. But I think he really, and maybe it was his turn on parenthood and, and whatnot and just getting able to sort of, flex those acting mm-hmm. muscles or go in that direction. He was amazing. I mean, I actually thought he outshone Holly Hunter, and I like Holly Hunter a right. lot. Mm-hmm. Big fan of hers. I think he outshone her in this. And I think Kumail, was, I thought Kumail's family was great. They were the people they had to play his family. It just was a great movie, and I kept on thinking, I'm like, well, why is this different than Juno? Why is this different? any different than, than uh, Little Miss Sunshine? Like, this, this movie could be because it deals with health stuff and it deals with race and, and inter, inter- interfaith marriage. Yeah. yeah, and just like making those decisions and growing up and whatnot. To me, I thought it was the best romantic comedy since 500 Days of Summer. Oh, okay? nice. Okay. And I started watching it and, I, and started thinking about it and I was like, well, why shouldn't this be up like Juno won for best screenplay? Why couldn't this be up for best screenplay? Mm-hmm. And with sort of the Oscar list somewhat expanding, mm-hmm. uh, it might have a shot. Like we might see one of our friends' movies and he might be going to the Oscars as a result of this. Now, will he be up for Best Actor? Probably not. Will Ray Romano be up for Best Supporting Actor? Maybe. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe kind of like Arkin and, you know. Does, does Michael Showalter, right. who directed it, does he? First of all, I saw my, my Hello, My Name's Doris, and mm-hmm. I loved it. Loved it. I mean, I'm such a fan of Showalter's. We've worked with him. He was he was on our Apartment 2F show back in right. in, in, in New York. He was he played Ron Parker in Cheap Seats mm-hmm. without Ron Parker. Our ESPN show, he played like the main guy in the show. And I like Hello, My Name is Doris. I saw it. I, I like that movie. I thought that movie was great. I'm a big Max Greenfield fan. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he did a great job with that movie. And I thought this built upon that. And he kind of just got out of the way and let the movie happen. He wasn't trying too much crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Although he did do some really unique and interesting things. And I thought it was shot very beautifully and tastefully. And it didn't get in the way of telling the story. It actually made the story better. So I think, will he be, I don't know if that movie can make it that far, but I do think it would be considered for best screenplay. screenplay. Right. And maybe Ray Romano goes up for best that's supporting cool. actor. I mean, I, that's, you know. Because the movie's going to make, right now it's like a $25 million, I want to say, okay, maybe a little bit more over the course. And it started out in five theaters. I mean, what I love about it is kind of the story of the old, the way movies would get released mm-hmm. in the 70s. starts out in five theaters. And remember, if you got that one great review from that woman from, from like the Village Voice. I forgot the right. woman's name. I am forgetting yeah, her yeah, name yeah. right now. But like, if she gave you a good review, right. boom, you were now wide. Yeah, like Paula Kale. Paula Kale. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. So you got a Paula Kale, great Paula or an Elvis Kale. Mitchell review. For, right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this is the new. I mean, the new era is the social media buzz. So, so I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now, hold on a second. Maybe okay. So starts in five theaters, does really well per the gets a good per theater. You know, yeah, that never of, happens anymore because the, the and it sp- boomed out to like 325 yeah. theaters the second weekend. Then it and it wound up making yeah. a lot of money, and then they expanded to 3,000. The rollouts are so specific, and the uh, movie theaters are so already booked with like also, the big blockbusters and that's stuff. That's it, so, especially a in the smaller summer. movie doesn't have that room a lot of times to grow and find its audience. So, and I know it's going to be hard for you guys to understand this, but I'm sure there are, there are a lot of people out there who don't want to see the next superhero movie. <laughs> They're just yeah, like, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking. I know what I'm about. saying. Like there are people out there who are like, <laughs> fuck it, I, do, I I can't. I don't know the difference between this well, and that. There and the is other. counter programming. So it's, this yes. is a bit of a counter program for those people yeah. who are like, it's not my bag. Now I took my girls to see Wonder Woman. Uh, our whole family, we saw Wonder Woman like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So a couple weeks fun after Fun time the at the movies. A it fun was, family time at the movies. And for I, young girls who were like, wow, powerful Yeah, my daughter and, loved it. I loved it for the just the unapologetic, she's a hero. She's a hero. We're not trying to be like, yeah, but, you know, like everybody's kind of bending to, to make her seem better than she is, which sometimes it kind of does that. But she also was in a world where everyone's like, yeah, she's a hero. And the Amazon, mm-hmm. that whole... You know, culture and whatnot, where they're just badasses and they're cool. It's great for I think t- a ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old, my two daughters, to see that and be like, "Yeah, you can do whatever you want." Well, the thing I, I want to, I, I, and then we'll move on. But I, I do want to go and just that, that is a great point about the counter programming. And every summer, it can happen. You'll have movies like Five Hundred Days of Summer or mm-hmm. Saint Vincent mm. or something like that. That's yeah. like for people who are like I. I don't want to see another blockbuster right. $150 million movie. It's great that these movies come in, and I'm what my hope is, is because this started out small and has grown, mm. that I hope people start, and Amazon and people like that go, hey, let's make, let's carve out some space so that these little 
let's make a $5 million movie that could potentially. I mean, look, right. I th- when all is said and done, and if this does get and some give Oscar it a buzz. a theatrical release. That's right. If this mm-hmm. does get an o- it does get Oscar buzz, okay? Because people still enjoy going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, my mom in St. Louis went to go see. I was like, you got to go see The Big Sick. Just do it to support our friends mm-hmm. and, you know, just do it because you, sh- you know, and she was like, it was packed. I couldn't believe it. It was, she went to like the cool sort of artsy cinema mm-hmm. in, in St. Louis and it was, it was totally packed. And she said it was it was a really great experience. She had a great time watching it. And I said, this is this is what we all have to support. Right. We have to support movies like this because the the blockbusters are going to keep coming out. They have to. Sure. They're just and they're going to do fine. They're going to do great, right? Because mostly, mostly, <laughs> a couple of them are not going to do well. Yes, and they shouldn't. Well, it's also There's like an animated movie. movie that doesn't do well. You know, you're like, oh, the story wasn't good. You know, like because it's got to get through that first wave in order to then Crest. really. That's it. <laughs> yep. So uh, now I actually I saw War of the Planet of the Apes. Now I wanted to mention this because uh, I saw it. I enjoyed it, and it really did feel like a trilogy. Like mm-hmm. when you put just so all everybody knows, we together. are going to do a War for the Planet of the Apes yes, spoiler app. Spoiler. App. So uh, we'll get into the, the details on that. Yeah, I don't want to get into too many details before the spoiler app. But one thing which I found fascinating is that. How many times are we going to remake Apocalypse Apocalypse Now with apes? Yeah, <laughs> this is. It, it's like this was this was like so it Emilio really Estevez like, starred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like you know taken right. There was scenes of like this was right out of like going up the river, Colonel Kurtz. This is uh, but with apes, and then but then Skull Island was Apocalypse Now with a giant ape. So it, it's weird that filmmakers are going back to this one classic movie specifically um, to pull from for their ape movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a very specific thing, which I find very interesting. So, but we'll go out more into it. It got actually, it got like eighty-seven on Metacritic. I was looking, or eighty-six or eighty-seven I, I, on Metacritic. You know, which... I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it really had some cool things. There were so many Easter eggs for Planet of the Apes fans that yeah. I know Matt Weinhold is going to go into mm-hmm. with us. Great. But uh, um, there was also like uh, some really cool, like. Like I, you can't really call it for well, you can kind of call it foreshadowing because it leads up to the movies from the seventies. Like like they were trying to explain things that happened in that movie, oh, like in I, these movies, which I, I love thought that. was kind of cool. It's like the reason why I yeah. love Better Call Saul. Yeah, right. like you're right. just like, yeah. I, or the reason why I loved in a funny way the the series on Netflix of Wet Hot American Summer. We talk about Showalter. Right. Mm-hmm. They were like every non sequitur that just seemed like a little. Di- we're going to now give backstory to yeah. right. in the right. thing, and I was like mm-hmm. that backing the truck into the seventies movies of the Planet of the Apes. That right. to me, I think, is really cool, and those are the fun. Yeah. They do it in Star Wars too, but you for know sure. What I mean? Yeah, when because so. I love that. I love that. Like, oh, that's why that dude's that way. Yeah, right. You know? Right. <laughs> oh my god, that's a so. it's it's great that they put that thought in. You, All I right. really reward them for that thought. Yeah, it was cool. So, all right, let's take care of some business. Let's take care let's of some to, business. Let's do our Patreon ads. We have Mike Valdez at whoismikevaldez.com. Check out his music and his comedy there. And also Frightfully Uninformed. It's the podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom. Frightfullyuninformed.com. Those are our two Patreon ads. So, guys, for $50 a month at the Patreon, we will read your website or business or whatever you want to promote. It's a nice little yep. effective nice. market. And it is a limited tier. We only go to 10. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but we're not uh, stupid. So, We'd go to more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're if you're the 11th one and email us, we might fit you. We fit you. <laughs> Figure out a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how you could change stuff on Patreon. And I and so. guy, and everybody listening, uh, go to these websites. Who is MikeValdez.com and FrightfullyUninformed.com, and that's another way to support the show. Absolutely, a free way. See what they got going on. 
So, and let's talk about some trailers. Now, oh. we were since we were at Comic Con, yes, um, and the. We did, of course, Rick Meyer's Kung Fu Movie Extravaganza. We did that, which was a blast. We also mm. did the the Hotel Room episode with Rick Myers and Neil T. That did not get lost. It did not get lost. <laughs> it dropped it. It's a, it's yeah. out there. It's it dropped like it was it's, lukewarm. Oh, yes. hot. Mm-hmm. Um, that panel was, was cool. It was Dro- really You fun. dropped it like a double tree cookie. Yes. <laughs> they give it to you. It's kind of hot there, right? That's going to be my new thing. I dropped, it, I dropped like a double tree cookie. <laughs> Complimentary bottled water yes, for right. Hilton Gold members. So, uh, so now after Comic Con, as you know, all of course, all of the um, big comic book movies mm-hmm. drop their trailers and sci-fi yeah. and and, and fantasy trailers. trailers. So, so uh, Justice League now. Uh, I think we can thank Joss Whedon for a better Justice League trailer. But so. Uh, I, I really, I'm a, getting a little more hopeful of this, especially when I hear how many reshoots that are happening with this movie. $20 million, I really, dollars, right? Or yeah, something it's something like unheard of, yeah. whereas Joss Whedon is really trying to re, not not just do reshoots, but remake the film. Right. So I don't know how much damage has already been done to mm. this film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, Joss Whedon can save it, but we'll see. I'm a little more hopeful now. That uh, I saw this trailer, and I know he's kind of in charge of reworking the film. Randy, what did you think of that trailer? Uh, I was, and again, because I'm not as inside baseball as most folks on mm-hmm. everything that's going on, I was a little confused, you know, about mm-hmm. like, all right, who, wait, I, okay, Superman died in quote unquote comic <laughs> right, book sense. So mm-hmm. did he really die? We don't know. But he Chances di- are he'll be back. Chances are he'll <laughs> that's be back. That's my guess. Chances yeah. are he'll be back. <laughs> Uh, but he died, and then mm. the people who got the the beings or the people that got him need to pay. Who is it? It's a little for me. It was hard to for someone on the. I'll say this, okay? Let me put it this way: for someone on the outside looking in, it's a little hard to like figure out a way in. So did it, did you watch this? Did it make you like, oh, I got to check this out to know what this is, or were you like, I mean, eh, I no. think. You're like, I well, th- I recognize Batman. I recognize Batman. I recognize Batman. I recognize Wonder Woman. I recognize, mm. you know, I'm in The Flash. And then I was like, well, okay, what is this? And and where is this movie going to sit? Where, where is this movie going to sit in its pocket, right. so to speak? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I guess what I loved about a movie like Wonder Woman is there's one superhero. You have one right person story kind of being told and the conflicts that that person has. I, my fear is with so many, how are you gonna, how deep can you go into It also shows you um, how Hollywood is a closed system. It's like, well, how do we fix these uh, and make them more like the Avengers? Get the guy who did the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other filmmakers in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like literally it's like, all right, well, he's the only guy we can get. I would love it. to see a different take on someone, a different take or someone applying their style that maybe doesn't come from that world to it. More than four people making uh, blockbuster movies in Hollywood. Yes. That would be a nice, <laughs> that would be a nice thing. Or just at one point there's like a right. wheel, a giant wheel yes. and you rotate it. You're like, so Michael Bay, you think you're setting yeah. up for the next Transformers and boom, Justice League. So it's just like 12 times more the explosions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple like, of fan boats. Why are there fan boats? Yeah. <laughs> like an NFL draft. They just yeah. spin the big wheel. Yeah, the big wheel. This is who you're going to get. Right. That would be. Now it's a football movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's any given Monday. Uh, <laughs> nice. I'll see that. Uh, and then also the Thor Ragnarok trailer came out. Yes. I'm fired up for this movie. It looks fun. I'm fired I, up. I, I'll tell you, Kate Blanchett, watching her chew up the scenery, really uh, entertains me. She's, she's really... Uh, she never walks through a role. She never phones it in, and you she's know, playing amazing. the goddess of death. I mean, you could tell she's, amazing. she's having a ball. She's they're, having they, a blast. And there are those handful of actors and actresses where you're just like, I, I would watch you do anything. Mm-hmm. I would right. literally mm-hmm. 
because you will figure out a way to to put your own stamp on it, but also care about it enough to put it all in there. You know, I think it'll be a really fun, uh, a really fun film for sure. All right, coming out on DVD. Okay, we... the Boss Baby. Watched that uh, with my kids the other night. No, I gotta it? ask you. This is one yeah. of the one of the uh, movies that even my kids were like, nah, I don't know. Parts of it were that. like kind of yeah. Parts of it were kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was not. It was not Inside Out. I mean, I think it's so hard to make that great animated. You know, right. but then I, sometimes I fall in a different line than my kids. Like my kids love trolls more than anything. And I would say right. the animation in trolls, the sort of scrapbook mm-hmm. element animation was remarkable and beautiful. Well, to watch. this is where we get into the difference between a family movie and a kids movie. Right. Trolls was a kids movie. Right. You know, the adults suffer through it instead of enjoying it with the kids. Right. Whereas Inside Out or Up or, you know, a lot of the Pixar movies are made for everyone. Well, because they spend like four years on the story. Right. And yeah. then they work through it because they're a good uh, a good um, kind of litmus test is are there people without kids going to see this animated film? So that's a great litmus <laughs> test. However, you almost don't need it because the truth of the matter is it's almost like Pixar. If you're to put it in a sports analogy, like a catcher who is practicing throwing down to second base, the good ones will will practice throwing into center field because if you can throw the ball from the catcher from behind home plate all the way to the center fielder. That means when someone's stealing second base, you can just do it right there. It means you have to go the extra mile to make a movie that adults who are taking their kids to go see, you got to throw it into center field. Right. Which is what those movies do. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, you don't have to because if you're seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid. You get the parent ticket anyway. You get the parent. It's the most right. genius thing ever. Yes. So you, the two kids who want to go, equal, and then you add one or two other people who are going to go. That, right. That's why they always make so much Because you're always there. getting an extra couple yep. of tickets. That's yeah, right. we always talk about that. Yeah, the yeah. economics of, uh, of you it's know, a It's genius kids why those things are so unbelievable. It's never one ticket. It's usually four. My kids liked Boss Baby because, you know, I mean, it, it, it felt like a little bit of like a, late night infomercial and that, you know, they tell you all these problems like, you know, you have all these problems with your gutters. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there are problems with my gutters. And then I say, everything feels like it's a manufacturer. (laughs) Like someone is just dying because all their Tupperware is falling all around them. I'm like, yeah, I think I have too much Tupperware, but is it a problem? So I felt like it was a very much a manufactured Mm -hmm. problem that they then had to, you know, puppies. Garden hose murdering you? uh, What did your kids think of the next movie on the list, Ghost in the Shell? (laughs) The Scarlett Johansson (laughs) whitewash film? Uh, (laughs) They did not see that one. Yeah. They did not see Ghost in the Shell. Uh, should anyone? they? Should they have? <laughs> no, no. I don't think anyone should. Have. I mean, I love Scarlett Johansson. So. I mean, I flat out love her. I, I don't know she's... why she keeps doing these types of movies. Because she... she probably needs money. I mean, to me, I think right. Scarlett Johansson is. This is how good of an actor Scarlett Johansson is. I felt her presence so deeply in the movie Her, and I never saw her face. Right. And I'm like, you. That is a very difficult thing to do. And I person that movie, I love that movie, and I'll say that movie more than any movie, I think about a lot of times when I just see like how technology is advancing and I think mm-hmm. to myself, that is a movie. That and idiocracy, and they're both movies about the future, <laughs> but obviously with what's going on currently with our government and whatnot. Satires become real. Well, I mean, I just, in my brain, I think about those. That's when I think a movie has really done its work. If you think about it afterwards, for sure. And even like months or a year afterwards, something gets you. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell is this weird thing where it's like, well, fans of the anime aren't going to go see it because you put Scarlett Johansson in it. And also the anime is much better. Like what they tried to do is make... Live action versions of all the anime characters, which 
never works because then everybody looks weird because they're drawn to be anime characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you have people who aren't familiar with it just looking at it and going, "What is this? Why? Why would I want? To, is this Blade yeah. Runner?" Yeah. So, no, uh, so, which I so can't wait to it see, did not. It did not do well. Right. And, no. And it was, it was a hundred and ten million dollar budget. It did maybe forty over. Yeah, and it was all. Then. It was just one of those head scratchers of like, yeah. why would you make this movie? What's so, gifted? Now, gifted. gifted I wanted to see that this was a this was a this was a, this was a, a short a, a, a limited release. It was Chris Evans um, and this this adorable little girl. She's a gifted kid, oh, wow. and he has to take care of her. And he's trying to. It looked like an interesting film. It looked like something um, that that you know. How did it do? It didn't do well. Right. Oh no, actually, it's made twenty five million dollars. It. Uh, what it, was the budge? The budget was seven million. That's. And that is a great. That yeah, is that, that's well. that's a quiet success. Yes. Like every studio mm-hmm. will say that no one will jump up and down because it wasn't like the five million dollar movie that's a hundred million dollars, but they will say this means we get to keep the level of Christmas party we had last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a movie that I miss, but I definitely want to see it. It's out on DVD. I'm I'll get it for you as a gift. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. Mm. So. <laughs> And uh, on the site spotlight, we were actually uh, talking about, we already actually mm-hmm. discussed, I want to talk about CJ's uh, Dunkirk review. Also, CJ has a review of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes oh, as well. Oh, nice. Where cool. we, uh, he, he and I out. had the exact same reaction as far as like the apocalypse now, <laughs> the, way <laughs> okay. the way they used it. Um, so, and then also premiering this week, we have the Emoji Movie. Okay, oh. so. so now I have a personal connection to this movie. So I'm in my, because my friend wrote it. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. in my heart of hearts, I want it to be, and we know some people who are doing voices mm-hmm. in it, sure. I want it to be a huge success. So I feel like, unlike the Trump administration, I'm going to recuse myself from this discussion <laughs> because I'm sure, so I want it to be successful because I want my friend to do well, to right. do well, well and I want it to, to just be a big honking success he, for him. This goes back to our discussion before. My kids want to see this movie. So, same with mine. So here's the thing. Whether you and I want to see it or are going to enjoy it or not, we're going to be paying for TJ it. TJ Miller is going yes. to do a few things that will make you laugh. Yes. I, I yeah, guarantee, yeah, laugh exactly. I guarantee so. there'll be things that do it. Right. And to me, I have to. So there's four tickets coming regardless. Same with me. Yeah. Same with me. And, um, and I'm going to support him because I love Eric Siegel. But I mean. Especially the way our kids are on their devices so much is like the Emoji movie. It's it's. It's one of those movies that was created in a marketing department mm-hmm. that will just make money. I hope it does. I really do. <laughs> and you know, whatever. It's like also you want also the experience of going to the movie with your family and doing that. Right. Like my kids have been watching So You Think You Can Dance. Is that a show that I would be like, I gotta see that right. I, Honey? <laughs> I gotta see if they wake can up, dance. wake up. We gotta come down and binge what no, I would never see that. But we all sat around together and we were kind of experiencing it and like uh, We're doing that do- with American Grit. <laughs> What's a, is that the America, that's the John Cena uh, oh, show God. where it's yeah, uh, basically yeah. Survivor. Yes, yes, I've I've seen promos <laughs> for that. But, but, way uh, to prepare your family for the apocalypse. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, oh no, John there's some Cena. really good lessons in there. You know? So I mean, I but Learn, I learned say, a train to fall into a lake. <laughs> so, so my attitude is like, okay, I'm gonna spin it in a way of like, all right, if you go out with your family, right. Hopefully, people will see this with their kids and have a good time. But it is definitely not a movie that I'm saying like I'm itching to see this movie right. or see what it's going to be. I just hope it does well for my yeah. friends. Yeah, you know, you have you have parent reaction, same as me. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, next movie, uh, Atomic Blonde. I'm excited for this. It's based movie. on a graphic novel. It's based on a graphic novel. I like Charlize Theron as a badass. Yeah. I love. First of all, the trailer's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just the refrigerator ass kicking scene mm-hmm. makes me want to like. I'm 
I'm like, God, that's and we need more good like that since William Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Not since William Perry and dove we, in the insulin. We need more Super good Orleans. action movies. We we yeah. just need, I mean Fast and the Furious we have, but they're they're tongue in cheek. Like we like more Mad Max, like more like a movie like this. I'm excited to see. I this love movie. it too. And I guess like the old the most difficult part is it's almost like trying to make stand up work in a movie is with a female heroine is like Okay, if Ronda Rousey went into the UFC ring with uh, John Bones Jones, he would kill her. He would literally kill her. Mm -hmm. He would hit her twice with his elbows in her head and she would not wake up. She would be dead. So how do you take a female lead and be like, I believe all the fighting, and she's not a superhero. Mm -hmm. I mean, is she a superhero in this? No. So no, like, she's, she's not just like, like a trained spy. assassin spy, right? Mm -hmm. So she's not a superhero. How do you make all of that believable? That like she goes in and kicks everybody's ass, and you're like, well, and it's like set in the eighties too, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot in there that I think is really cool, and I think I I, I feel like they've figured a few things out in this, and I. I love Charlize Theron, and you want to go back to the right. Mad Max movie. Yeah, she exactly. fucking captivated me. That whole movie. that was her yeah, film. She was awesome. She because mm -hmm. she was the one who, you know, Thomas Hardy had six lines and no emotion. Right. You know what I mean? He was just kind of driving right. the truck forward, literally mm -hmm. and figuratively. She was the one who, who grounded amidst, the movie. That's right. Amidst mm -hmm. all that, had the emotion that that pulled you in. So no matter what she does, and by the way, one of my favorite movies she ever did was with our buddy Patton Oswalt, Young Adult. Oh yeah. Oh my God, she was amazing in that yeah. movie. She was incredible. So I feel like she will take this character and give it some levels and depth mm -hmm. in a way that maybe someone else who's just kind of like an action-y person, in a way that a Ronda Rousey couldn't. Right. Because she's like a really good actress as well. So I yeah. I would really, I'm excited to see this. Whether I see this in the theater or whether I see it when it comes out, I am definitely gonna see this yeah, movie. Yeah, I'll see right. this. I'm excited to see it. And the next one, uh, an Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power. This is Al Gore's sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. More uh, hippie bullshit, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> climate change isn't happening. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, live from the liberal media. So, uh, yeah, this so looks... if you want to see uh, what the liberal media looks like in movie form, so uh, check it out. I, I, I really do want to see this because I want to know what the hell is going on. But I am looking forward to, and I don't know if you guys heard this, but a prequel coming out, The Convenient Truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's going to yes. come and kind of back everything into, this is when they, everybody, we all thought the environment was going to be fine. It's like Planet of the Apes. Polar the bears have it. enough yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> There's the ice caps are too big. You know what I, I find fascinating about, like, More if, you watch this, if you watch this uh, um, trailer, you realize that there's some very recent footage of Trump. And so you know, after Trump got elected, that there they was were some like, recutting, like, well, well we can't release of, this movie. That's the beauty of documentaries. And anytime right. I'm watching a documentary, well, they did that with 13th. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of last minute um, editing. Well, it's also, on. I mean, literally, just, I, you have the slots open. It's just get it, cut it, digitize it, slap that shit in. People don't, people don't care if your documentary footage, especially footage of real events, isn't the most high quality. Right. right. Okay. It can all be the training. Yeah. Your transitions. Like if I'm watching a documentary and there's an out of focus shot, my brain goes to the point of, oh shit, that is real. Well, what is happening right now? The cameraman can't get too quick enough, or woman right. can't get too quick enough. Mm -hmm. So, like, or the cameraman's stupid. Right. Or he's right. <laughs> lazy and checking his phone. Ineffective. Yeah, exactly. you no, know, but I mean, like. No, but my point is that like those moments are no, so it, real it, it, that yeah. they have to put it in there the way it is, and there's like a there's a dirtiness to that that I think 
all documentary film fans kind of love because yeah, like, you caught a real moment. You're right more there. forgiving yes. in that. The other thing totally. I, that I'm curious about this movie too that I want to see. It looks like there's also some, some like. Because there have been some amazing technological advances in, in terms of stuff. And he's showing some of that, like, look, it's bad. It's getting bad. It's getting worse. But, because that's part of the problem. Here's, here's the science behind the solution. Here's some yeah. great solutions mm-hmm. that we need I to get mean, behind. Although it is, the world is is crazy, and I think you could keep making these movies. The idea of self-driving cars, the idea of, because I just heard a whole report about, like, bikers, bikes, people on bikes, and how, like, their incidents of accidents with self-driving cars is way less with people on bikes like and mm-hmm. and so it just because they're not angry because the drive the, the car, sensors yeah then the mm-hmm. sensors they understand and you know it's mm-hmm. almost like the same technology that in that are selling in cars right now where if you're not paying attention and there's something coming up your car will automatically break for you it kind right. of that's literally that expanded out into like driving but they don't drive angry like like humans do and well, so uh, you know i've also like on my youtube show political vigilante i found some articles like one of them this new technology they found uh, they've developed solar panels that can take moisture from the from the air and create drinkable water so you can just have a uh, Clean water source, like you could be living out in the middle of the desert and have clean water. I mean, I want solar panels on my house so bad. I don't understand. I don't understand why huge swaths of the desert of our country, I mean, huge swaths of it, just aren't have solar just panels. Line with solar panels because nobody gives a shit what it looks like. You could power the entire western half of the country. That drive to Vegas could power Vegas. Could could power Vegas, but you could literally power the entire western part of the country. Like, do you know that because of all the solar panels in California, we've had to... Excess. We've had excess. Excess, and we have to sell, or excuse me, pay pay for it to go to like Arizona Arizona. and some Mm -hmm. other places as well. So We have to pay for it to leave? Pay for it to to give it to somebody else. So I feel like... Well, also too, like when, whenever well, it serves I, us right. That's why I, this movie I feel like is so important because yeah. of all these right. things that are on the tip of our tongue that we're talking about and why people just need to see this. And the, I, but the I, problem is the wrong people aren't seeing it. Which well, is I, and I would recommend. Well, the this, oil the, companies are very skilled. They have spent hundreds of millions of dollars their, to let people know. Oh, maybe climate. Changes may not be real. May not be real. Or or, or we're coming up with a cleaner gas. Now, and this is is like one of those things that's almost impossible. Is um, can you go see a movie like this with an open mind? Can you just say, "Well, I'm on a first date." Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could I see a documentary like this um, with an open mind? Can you have sex in a theater while watching? Could I be? Can I jerk? Could I be undecided (laughs) about jerking off in the movie theater? Could I be undecided? Oh, winter turbines. Like, look, I'm not doing this, honey. The sun is doing it. <laughs> now I have to sell it back to Arizona. Oh, shit! <laughs> no. So I think, you I think can. that's our. I episode. think you can yeah. go into it with an open mind. Yeah, I think and you that's can. A good way. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, cool movies to watch, you guys. Um, uh, Randy Sklar, where can people find you on the internet? Your podcast, uh, our podcast. So we've got the two podcasts. We just we moved them from Earwolf over to uh, and rebranded them and renamed them to uh, Feral Audio. So we've got Dumb People Town, which our last. We have a night. I don't know when this drops tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tony Hale 
uh, from Veep. He's our guest oh, for this week. Veep. He's amazing. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani was last week. Next week, Tiffany Haddish from oh. the Girls Trip. She, yep. she was amazing. And then the week after that, Jason Manzukis. So great guests on that show, Dumb People Town uh, at Feral Audio. And then if you're a sports fan, and you may have some fans who... who we have some sports crossover. Some sports crossover. Uh, we do a show. Uh, we've taken a deeper dive into sports on our old show, which was Sclabro Country, which is now called A View from the Cheap Seats. It's in the sports and recreation section on iTunes, also at Farrell. But if you look up View from the Cheap Seats, Again, some good guest Adam McKay is coming on this week, nice. and oh, we great. got Burr coming on, who I know all things comedy. He's mm-hmm. he's he's the master. He's the gold standard here. But uh, you know, like guys like the Fighter and the Kid, Brian Callen and Brandon, those guys are great too. So it's a deeper dive into sports, kind of in the same way you guys dive deeply mm-hmm. into movies here and. Mm-hmm unapologetic now we're like we don't care with this this is what we love and this is right. what we're going into so we're excited about both of those all right, right so guys check, those out. check it out uh also uh earbuds is only available at comedyfilmnerds.com until july 27th and we have to pull it as per the agreement with our distributor because it goes yes. wide in, in september so literally you have two days to get the film and that includes dvds and all downloads and then we have to uh pull it and there will be a uh a period of time um Three Nine, months. 90 days, yeah. 90 days, Three where we, we cannot sell it on the site. So, so you, you guys both have to stay 501 yards of, away from everybody. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah, to yeah, from, from a downloader. Order, yeah, from yeah. Download. We have restraining orders against <laughs> our own No, nope, you can't touch it. <laughs> cannot touch it. So if, you've, uh, if you haven't bought it yet, please do within the next two days. Otherwise, um, you won't be able to get it until the uh, release date. Thanks for the the Sklar Brothers for being on the show. Thanks for everybody at ATC, Aaron Brungart, and the entire team. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot first in Arizona. <laughs>